grave danger. Is there another kind? You see, the useful idiots that the Soviet Union, that Lenin put into America, are now the useful idiots from the Chinese. U.S. President Joe Biden, who has had another week of gaffes, confused moments. Uh, uh, They're coming down in America like Pac-Man, eating us up alive. They're acting more as propagandists. Also, the science has changed. You know the Pac-Man game? Think of a Pac-Man game out of control. Sucking away at the foundation of America. If Russia pursues its aggression, it will face the massive consequences that... Because if they don't want you to believe something and they can cast doubt... We have no intention of fighting Russia. Sometimes confusion can actually be the goal. The goal. The goal. And as we've said all along... Confusion can actually be the goal. I find it highly unusual perhaps even unprecedented i've never ever even have heard of such a thing as what i heard when i read today about tara reed and for those who don't know tara reed was a woman who charged then senator joe biden of uh sexual making sexual advances sexual assault and uh, she of course was smeared by the media uh, and she has made her decision to move to Russia. Tara Reid is moving to Russia because she fears for her life. Have you ever heard of any American, much less an American woman, ever say that they want to leave the country because they fear their life from a man who uh, allegedly sexually abused her? who is now the sitting president. In March 2020, Tara Reid claimed that then-Senator Joe Biden sexually assaulted her while she served as an aide in his sit-in office during the Clinton administration. Shortly thereafter, she detailed her account in multiple interviews and filed a criminal complaint against the former vice president with the Washington, D.C. Police Department. A former neighbor of Reid and Reid's brother have also publicly stated that Reed told them of the alleged assault in the 1990s. Evidence also suggests that Reed's mother called into CNN's Larry King in the now famous segment in the 1990s and complained about the prominent Nate, uh, senator with whom her daughter had problems. Joe Biden has, of course, denied the accusations. During the press conference, Reed said that she appreciated Maria Butina who is welcoming her into Russia, and others who gave her protection, implying that her life would be in danger if she stayed in the United States. She said, I just so really appreciate Maria and everyone who's been giving me protection at a time when it's been very difficult to know if I'm safe or not, she said. I just didn't want to walk home and walk into a cage or be killed, which is basically my only two choices. Reed told, uh, told Sputnik that her decision to defect to Rome or Russia came with much consideration, asserting that she did not take it lightly. She says, quote, I am not an impulsive person. I really take my time and sort of analyze data points. And she said, and from what I could see based on the case and based on what is happening and the sort of push for them to not want me to testify, I felt that while the 2024 election is gearing up and there's so much at stake, I'm almost better off here and just being safe in Russia. My dream is to live in both places, but it may be that I only live in this place, and that's okay. 
Reid then apologized to her Russian brothers and sisters for the Biden administration's efforts in Ukraine amid Vladimir Putin's invasion. I'm sorry right now that American elites are choosing to have such an aggressive stance. Just know that most Americans do not do not do want to be friends and hope that we can have unity again. Uh, and Tara Reid would be joining former NSA whistleblower Ed Snowden as one of the most prominent Americans to defeat to Russia. This, by the way, is off Breitbart. But there's so many questions, so many roads, so many tentacles that this story has. She's not saying that she has been threatened by the Biden administration, but does she need to be? Uh, does she hear clicks on her phone? Is she being followed? Is she being watched? I mean, we know now that, you know, the Department of Justice, when when it wants, it will go after who it deems a threat. Why, why wouldn't Tara Reid be a threat? Maybe not a threat at this point, but she's still here, and she still has her side of the story. And in looking at, at the behavior of Biden against his enemies, I just think it's it, historically, it's just unprecedented that you would have an American citizen that would defect to a country that we're in a proxy war with now because that's the only place that she can be safe. They can get her anywhere else, I suppose, right? I mean, that's a big assumption. Is she paranoid? You know, the thing is about this, and you know what I'm going to say. There's going to be no press on this. They're not going to be talking about Tara Reid on the news tonight. You are not going to be reading about it in the New York Times. She is persona non grata. And she's an American citizen who is not guilty of any crime. She's innocent. Think about the, uh, the whole Weinstein thing and, and girl power and, and, and trying to, what's that, what's that expression? It's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, that's right. The Me Too movement. What about the Me Too movement and protecting women like Tara Reid who have been victims of, of, of misogyny and, and sexual assault for power, powerful men? Are they going to speak on Tara Reid's behalf? Are they going to demand answers? Why can't we investigate some of those key files that are there in the senatorial office in Delaware that have been sealed. The records have been sealed. We have a police report. We have several witnesses who can corroborate her story and when it took place. Uh, and she is set to testify at some point. Perhaps even Congress could call her in, but for right now it's, it's, it's an active case. Joe Biden denies it, but Joe Biden denies that the Hunter laptop story is real. He denies not discussing business with his sons. He denies not getting paid off. He, he hasn't confirmed yet where all that money has come from in the last couple of years of the administration, and certainly he has a lot to answer to. Biden has a lot to answer to, but this particular woman, I just, it's just, to me, it's historically unprecedented. And, and, and you know that you're not going to hear about it, you're not going to read about it, and yet an American citizen fearing her whole her own life has to go to Russia because it's the only place she feels where she'll be safe. I just find that unbelievable. I find a lot of things unbelievable. But this one, I think, uh, just it, it hit me in a certain way that I, I just it's so profound to think that the man in the office, I mean, 
I don't see anybody moving to some other place because they think Trump's going to go after them. Do you? And uh, speaking of Trump, kind of lighten it up a little bit. I was uh, surfing social media and I, <laughs> this is pretty funny. Take, take a listen. Dave Chappelle on Trump. I'm watching the news now. They're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era. A lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I I get it because I hear it every day. It's very loved. That first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. <laughs> and across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> it's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged, because I use it. I said, damn. <laughs> no one ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch me in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's a lot of discord running through the, uh, the I guess, the MAGA Republicans. And uh, I don't know, Trump fired off a couple of zingers. Uh, taking down Jenna Ellis, who was her part of his legal counsel. I don't know. Is the Trump era over? DeSantis, well, he'll be stopping by. We'll play a little bit of his soundbite from Iowa today, where he kicked off his campaign for uh, president. And there is a bit of discord between these two gentlemen. And it's also worth observing because, well, does Trump deserve a second chance? Does DeSantis have the goods to be able to go in and fight the deep state? You know, all of this is going to be played out in the next few months, next uh, year. But one thing is sure, I don't think that Joe Biden has a chance to win. I, I just, it's not going to happen. His approval rating right now is 37%. And that's a CNN poll. And Rasmussen, I think, is, is there as well. Uh, the Gallup poll. I mean, any poll you look at right now is going to show that Trump is ahead of Biden by about 20 points. And uh, DeSantis, while there is a... a divide between the popularity of Trump and DeSantis, DeSantis, according to the CNN poll, could also beat uh, Joe Biden if the race were held today. Anyway, we're going to get to all this and more. And also we're going to be talking with Jim uh, Harden. Reverend Harden is going to be by Passion Care International. And a very tragic thing happened in Baltimore involving two older gentlemen in their 50s and 60s. Uh, and they were protesting outside of an abortion clinic, but they were far enough away. And they got beaten savagely by these people, these anti- uh, or pro, pro-abortion. And it was just these two older men are out there protesting something they believe in, the sanctity of life, and they get their asses kicked right there in broad daylight. Unbelievable. Speaking Out America is the name of the program. I'm JR, and don't go anywhere. So you may have read in the news that Joe Biden just made America a little better by signing the Speak Out Act into law. It's supposed to combat sexual harassment. What you probably didn't read is that Joe Biden himself has been credibly accused of sexual misconduct, and not just by his own daughter, whom he showered with. This is Speaking Out America with JR. Join us online at speakingoutamerica.com. 
I think I mentioned that we're going to have a little bit from uh, Ron DeSantis. How do you think that's going right now? There's a, there seems to be an emerging division between those who uh, are staying true to Trump. And then you've got people that are sort of looking at Ron DeSantis and saying, hey, maybe he's the guy. Uh, and, and now there's like a schism within the conservative ranks, right? Uh, you wonder if that's by design, huh? That's right. All right. Uh, in a minute, Reverend Jim Harden is going to talk to us about some new updates regarding what's going on in our country, uh, particularly with Ron DeSantis and the abortion issue, and also highlighting the fact that two older men, uh, uh, pro-life men, were attacked in mid-daylight in Baltimore because they were protesting an abortion clinic, and they were doing it peaceably, and they were going by the law. And maybe Jim can fill us in on that. But I want to get back to this Tara Reid story because I'm just, I'm just fascinated Number one, by the story itself, I'm not surprised, but I'm also you know, mildly concerned. No, I'm not mildly concerned. I'm greatly concerned that you have a sitting U.S. president and a woman who was sexually assaulted allegedly by the same man who was then a senator, who is now the president, and she feels she has to leave the country. Tara Reid has to leave the country because her life is in danger. I'm going to have you listen to this Tucker Carlson interview. It's about about a year old. Take a listen to it. This is Tara Reid giving her side of the story. See if the truth comes out. You may have read in the news that Joe Biden just made America a little better by signing the Speak Out Act into law. It's supposed to combat sexual harassment. What you probably didn't read is that Joe Biden himself has been credibly accused of sexual misconduct and not just by his own daughter, whom he showered with. In the presidential election of 2020, Tara Reid, a woman called Tara Reid, emerged to say that while working for Joe Biden in the U.S. Senate, he sexually assaulted her in a violent way. Most of the media buried the story. But we finally sat down and talked at great length with Tara Reid to hear what happened. He would, like, put his hands on my shoulder and put his fingers underneath my hair and do weird things like that. And then there was a scene where... What did you think of that? I mean, did you... Well, you know, bear in mind, and you were around in a professional in the 90s, it was a different... I don't know if you were in D.C., but it was a different vibe. I was vibe. in D.C., yeah. Okay, it was a different vibe, but it still was weird. I never had an employer do that, and Panetta certainly didn't act like that. No, he's not like no, that. No, not at all. And um, he's just all business. And, um, you know, Joe Biden was always, he didn't seem like an intellectual giant. Let's put it that way. Right. No, he was He'd, famously not. Yeah. But, but a charismatic yeah. and warm guy. Uh, that was the, that was the yeah, commercial Yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing. Behind closed doors, he was very, um, he's very temperamental. Really? And he would do this thing where he smiles when he's angry. It's very disconcerting. <laughs> Very disconcerting, that big smile, and he's, you know, but he'd be angry, and he was, he was very temperamental. He had me up against a wall, and he penetrated me with his fingers against oh. my will. And I, um, you know, it was, it wasn't just the assault, though. Um, it was, it was everything to do with, here I am, this young staffer, and he did this, and then I made him angry. And that's like someone you don't want to make angry. Because I said no. I just and, think it's, yeah. I've got to be honest, one of the reasons I didn't know what to make of your story was it's so, I've been a man for, you know, 53 mm -hmm. years. Yeah. I've never heard of anything like that. Like that's, you know, men do, men, men are kind of piggish, as we know, yeah. and they do piggish things. But that's like, that's like kind of like rape. I mean, that's like so out of. He 
bounds that it's weird to think someone would do something like that. It was just, it happened all at once. It happened really quickly. There was no like flirtation with him or anything like that. It was very, you know, um, he's, he was usually with people and he wasn't. I was like at the wrong place at the wrong time, so to speak. And when it happened, um, he at first was like, come on, man, I heard you liked me. And I, you know, I froze. And then he said he got angry and that's when he smiled, you know, that smile. And that's what was really jarring. And then he said, he pointed his finger in my face and he said, you're nothing. You're nothing to me. And then I, I must have had a certain look on my face and he just took my shoulders and shook him. He said, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And then he turned around and he walked away. And I remember it was just such a jarring, shocking incident. Probably was all of less than five minutes, right? But my vivid memory is sitting on this, these marble stairs and my legs were shaking so badly because it wasn't just what he did. It's that I knew my career was over. That was it. Like I had said no, it was an awful thing, and this was the end. He used his power and resources to silence me. And I'm going to share something with your audience. They took a cannonball to my life. Yeah. They went after my family. So when that day, when he did that assault, he took my future. I didn't want to sleep with some senator. I wanted to be one. And that day, it ended. That's Tara Reed with Tucker Carlson in an earlier interview. And so many questions. One being, maybe this is why they don't want Tucker Carlson on the, on the air. Could be one. He just humiliated President Biden. Two, how many Americans do you think are flying to Russia unfettered? You think that when you go to the airport and you've got your passport, uh, you know, we're in this proxy war with Ukraine and Russia. They just let her go. Isn't that interesting? They just let her go. I, I would be willing to bet you that no Americans are flying to Russia right now unless you've got a specific reason to go there. Why would you? And and, and by the way, I, I would also assert that Russia probably doesn't want any Americans coming because why would they? It might be a plant. They might be there to gather intel. But relations right now between the United States and Russia are at rock bottom. And perhaps that's why that's the only place where she could have safe haven. But I'll tell you what, her life is over. If the media does report this at all, they'll put it in the narrative of Tara Reid as a, you know, a, a Putin sympathizer. I could see them playing that, d diminishing her even further. I mean, you heard her. They took a wrecking ball. She didn't ask for this. And I know a lot of women, in particularly the Me Too movement, if it accomplished anything, it, it made men wake up and realize you're not supposed to treat women that way. No, they don't get complimented when you come on to them and act like you're a pig. I mean, that's. I hope that that was the big lesson from the Me Too. But apparently, and you know, this isn't the first time. I mean, Biden has a, a reputation for in his home even before he was president where he would, because you're surrounded by Secret Service, and he would always ask for female Secret Service, and he would get it. And they would have to stand there while he was swimming in his pool naked. It's all been documented. 
written by former Secret Service who were assigned to cover Biden. So we're talking about a man who's vindictive. And, and interestingly, when she talks about the how he smiles when he's really angry, think of how many times he's been confronted by uh, members of the press and they've asked him something that he didn't like and he would just smile at them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is interesting. And, and I'm going to post this on our podcast so you can share it with friends, the interview that the media does not want you to see. We're going to continue in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, Ron DeSantis, some highlights from his speech. More on that. Speaking out, America. Joining us on Speaking Out America is Reverend James Harden, and James is the CEO of Compass Care, which is a national organization there to help young ladies and women uh, get through the kind of care they need when they're dealing with real health production and real family planning, not the made-up words they use over there on the other side, the left side. And I'm reading today, uh, Reverend Harden, that impeachment plus prosecution. This is a press release from Compass Care. And it's your charge that people need to be arrested for what they're doing now and how the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI has been weaponized to go after people like I just read in Baltimore. Two men in their 50s and 60s were beaten to a pulp for protesting near an abortion center. And then, of course, the story of the Catholics now that are they have embeds. How did we get to this point? I feel like Christians are under attack, or is it just all about abortion? Well, this is this goes way beyond abortion. Abortion is a flashpoint. You know, the, the attacks on pro-life people are really a shot across the bow of the Christian church. Um, you know, there have been over 300 attacks on pro-life entities since the illegal leak of the uh, Dobbs case last June. <clears throat> and what we found is, you know, our experience during the whole process and, and still today is that the FBI um, and other federal law enforcement agencies have slow walked. That's, that's how it appeared to us. They were slow walking the investigations. Every time they got involved, the investigation slowed way down. Well, come to find out, <clears throat> based on whistleblower testimony from within the FBI, they had, in fact, turned their investigative and arresting power on pro-life people. I mean, when I, 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 I kind of scratched my head a little bit when Six days after we were firebombed, New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill to investigate pregnancy centers instead of the, the people, that the arsonists and these, these pro-abortion Antifa terrorists. And in the press conference, she said she referred to pro-life people as Neanderthals, you know, subhuman. Um, but th- that's 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 par for the course for New York State. We've always been embattled here, and, and legislation's always been weaponized against pro-life people. They want, but the goal here is to push um, Christian pro-life activity out of the public square. And and so they're they they're using federal law enforcement um to do that. They're so the FBI issued a threat tag for pro life adherence. People adhere to pro life beliefs, look into those people, uh pregnancy centers, look into pregnancy centers. We're we were the ones being investigated. This is again, it fits with our experience. Now you got DHS coming out 
basically giving, it turns out, giving $40 million, $40 million in taxpayer funding to private institutions to investigate uh, pro-life people. I mean, you, you think about this. This is, this is um, they, they created what's called the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program. Yes. And this is they're profiling, they're profiling peaceful pro-life mothers as potential domestic terror threats. I mean, this is uh, what what what's what's happening in America is basically um, fourth generation warfare. This comes from Rich Higgins. Perhaps you and I have talked about this before. Rich Higgins died, I believe, last year. He's the former irregular warfare expert out of the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And he said what's happening right now with respect to the way Antifa terrorists are engaging in destabilization efforts across this, this country is similar mimics um, what Al Qaeda did to bring down Somalia. And they're attacking, and this goes by their own, the Antifa's own admission, they're attacking the, the socioeconomic foundations of this nation-state system, in, in America in particular, and that is the free market Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, the reason why they're attacking churches and pro-life groups like ours is because they think that we're, we're enslaving women by, by forcing them to become permanent socioeconomic underclasses when they have their babies. That's what they think. Of course, it's absolutely ridiculous, but we've been insisting for months now that, that, that there's been Antifa sympathizers within the DOJ and the upper echelons of government because they're giving them a pass, which, by the way, is participating in terrorism. So there needs to be a, a significant funding freeze in federal law enforcement, a, a, a review of what the purpose of federal law enforcement is, and a full-on investigation, criminal investigation of anybody that's been participating in, in, in deprioritizing violence and, and terrorism against pro-life people and, and groups. Uh, and it's not being done. And I think that the, the presidential candidates need to focus on this. They, we need to hear from these presidential candidates, not like Ron DeSantis, who came out uh, saying, oh, I would, the first thing I would do day one is fire Christopher Wray. That is not enough yeah. because this goes way down below the seventh floor of the FBI building. This goes into the rank and file. People have taken an oath to defend the Constitution and the, and the rights of, of the people, and, and uh, that's not happening. They're taking – they should be – we should have hundreds of whistleblowers coming out of the DHS and the FBI and ATF and, and the DOJ. Where are they? Do you see the problem? I, I wonder why the, the problem is exist to this level. You talk about how people that are being attacked, uh, pro, pro-life protesters are being attacked – and you bring up the 14th Amendment, and for many people who may not know or remember what the 14th Amendment was, it's an equal protections. It means, and it, it arose from just after the Civil War, when essentially yep. African Americans were, were being pulverized, they were being discriminated against, and the government was letting it letting it happen because they took yes. they they took no sympathy on you know these recently emancipated slaves. What they basically did was they thought uh, the people in general thought of former slaves as being less than human. Mm -hmm. And this is why we came up with the 14th Amendment, to protect African-Americans so that there was equal protection under the law. Now, here it is, five generations later, and people are having their 14th Amendment rights just yanked from them. Case in point, they're not putting people in jail. They're not arresting members of radical groups they're going after the mothers. They're going after the fathers. They're going after the parents of teachers uh, protesting against uh, sexuality being taught to young kids. What's the motivation here? Are, is there something dark 
and behind the scenes about this insatiable desire to have unlimited abortions in America? I think what abortion, honestly, I don't think that the powers that be in the Biden administration and upper echelons of government and federal law enforcement really care. I don't think they care about abortion. I think they care about what abortion gives them. Abortion gives them um, absolute power. Absolute power is the ability to decide who lives and who dies. And what is abortion? But the ability, but, but for government in, uh, to basically determine and define who qualifies as a person protected under the law and who doesn't. And so when when uh, pro-life people come come around and say all people are made in the image of God and therefore equally valuable, deserving of equal protection, then they're treated like second-class citizens because that's the belief that stands between tyranny or a totalizing state and a true rule of law, constitutional rule of law. So the, the mm-hmm. government is, is with the, our founding document, the Declaration of Independence, says that we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Well, in order for government to, to truly uh, kind of re-engineer society and have total control, uh, like, like a communist Chinese government, it has to uh, redefine um, everybody's, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're, 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 government has to become God. And so government is the one that says, oh, you know, we're, you're endowed by your government with certain fabricated rights. That's, that's the way the, the, the Declaration of Independence, Declaration of Dependence is, is how they want to, re- that's point. how they're acting. Yeah. One final question, because we're short on time, as always. Uh, does Planned Parenthood sell uh, stem cells? Are they in the stem cell selling business for anti-aging pro- projects or products? That's a really good the, the, the answer to that is I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't doubt it, given the fact that they have been actively involved in this, the, the illicit sale of uh, aborted baby body parts. Yeah. So it would make sense. I think we need to find out because I think that's what, exactly what they're doing. I think that they're not only making money off the procedures and the medical follow-ups and everything else. I think they're making money on the embryonic stem cells. But I, I can't make that claim. I was hoping maybe you would have the answer. Uh, so I'll look into that a little bit. Dr. Uh, Reverend James Harden, uh, CEO of Compass Care, what you do is nothing short of a miracle. Hang in there. Don't give up the fight. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right. And uh, we'll have James on again in the future. Uh, it's just horrible, folks. This is not good for this country, and it makes me think that we're harking back to the dark ages. We'll continue in just a moment. Stay tuned. Speaking out America. You know, I've still got a lot of the old uh, audio from when Trump ran the first time in 2016. I also have a lot of stuff from the old... At that point, I was just recording everything I could, and I archived a lot of it because I knew it was going to be historic. And it is going to be historic this time up because now you've got uh, two emerging RNC Republican conservative heavyweights going at it. And we know now that that, uh, Ron DeSantis is not going to back down, so that puts... Trump in a precarious position because he knows that DeSantis, perhaps in a popular uh, election, could win because he's not as offensive to a lot of Democrats. But, you know, a lot of this is speculation and we don't know how it's going to be. We don't know how it's going to turn out. All we can do is look at the candidates and sort of make a determination 
which one are you going to go for on election day? So here's a couple clips. And by the way, uh, I, I would be playing, you know, I'd be playing stuff from Trump, but he's not out as much. I, I've, I've noticed I'm seeing DeSantis on TV more. Do you think that's because you think that's because that's the way the media wants it? They want you to see more of DeSantis lull you away from Trump, lull you away from his speeches. But I don't know. It's hard for me to tell. I don't watch Fox anymore, but apparently there's a, a big shakeup because Kaylee McKenna, which used to be the former press secretary for, for Trump, and she did a great job, by the way, I thought. And apparently she was reading some statistics on, on polls that Trump had determined that were inaccurate, making Ron DeSantis look like he was catching up to him. And Trump went to the social media sites and he basically lambasted uh, Kayla. And now you've got people that are dedicated and saying, you can't be treating Kayla this way. This is not fair. She's, she was loyal to you. And so that's making the headlines. But what I can tell you is that there's definite infighting going on. So the real question is, are, are the Republicans going to do what the Democrats always do, infighting? We'll have to wait and see, but we'll keep a close eye on it. And in the meantime, is this the one I want to... Okay, let me see if I get the first one. Yeah, this is a good clip from from Iowa. This is uh, Ron DeSantis. It's a little long, but I think it makes some key salient points, points that we can't forget about what the Democrats have done to our country. We also need to restore a sense of normalcy to American communities. We're a sovereign country. Our border matters. You can't have millions of people illegally pouring in, burdening communities, having criminal aliens come in, and having drugs pour in. You also can't have American cities that are overrun with crime because politicians do soft on crime policies and some prosecutors get elected saying they're not going to enforce the law. And so we need to make sure that we get those basic things right in this society. Uh, we also need to restore integrity to our institutions. I'm a Navy veteran. It was proud to, to have served. Uh, I served in Iraq, as was mentioned. I had a lot of opportunities in, in life because I had worked hard to put myself in that uh, position, starting off with very little. Uh, and so I could have made a lot more money. Uh, but I wanted to serve. This was after September 11th, and I thought it was the right thing to do. And, you know, it was something that I was very proud of. Uh, you can have all the money in the world, but that doesn't match the satisfaction of being able to wear the cloth of your own country and serving a higher purpose. And that's what we did. And so many people that served during that time, I think, feel the same way. And yet we look at our military now and we see them getting caught up in political ideology, gender pronouns, talking about global warming. Uh, we need to reorient things like the military back to its core mission. Is it any wonder, any wonder why recruiting has suffered? People don't want to be part of a woke military. They want to be a part of a military uh, that has its eyes on the prize. Uh, so that's part of his speech, and he's right on every point. I mean, those are salient points. I tell you, if, you know, if Trump wasn't in the race, I, I, I'd have no hesitation. And I live in Florida. I, I've seen this man, and I've seen him take on the the woke and the the, the biased media. And I've seen him rebound, and, and he doesn't. It never sounds like cheap. That's just my observation. So here's a little bit more of DeSantis. And again, he's in Iowa, and I guess this week he's officially launching. And he knows how important Iowa is. If he can win the the Iowan voter and take those Iowans away from their loyalty to Trump, if he can do it there, then he can do it everywhere else. And that is the probably the key political question that a lot of people will be 
observing and analyzing, and you know that they'll be spending a lot of time on MSNBC talking about that very subject. Can DeSantis pull the Trump loyalists? Can he pull the MAGA away enough to have a defeat over Biden? Here's a little bit more on DeSantis. Uh, again, great, great speech, talking about how he did things right, uh, and I thought you'd like to listen to it. And we can do that by restoring sanity to our society, fiscal and economic sanity. I mean, they have spent money, borrowed money, printed money, and driven inflation through the roof and made it more difficult just to maintain an adequate standard of living. You know, they now have a debt deal, which uh, they're acting like is going to change things. We were careening towards bankruptcy before this debt deal, and the country is still careening towards bankruptcy after this debt deal. Uh, we need big reform to be able to get our nation back on fiscal, uh, solid fiscal ground. Adding $4 trillion in debt in a year and a half is not going to answer the call. And I can tell you in Florida, we run budget surpluses in Florida. We spend when we need to. Our state's growing. I have had to spend more on infrastructure and other things just to keep up. But we reduce taxes every year. We do things in education, law enforcement, all the things that are important. But we do that with having the second lowest per capita debt burden in the country. Florida's economy is $1.2 trillion. Our state debt is $17 billion. And there's only one state that's lower than that on a per capita basis. So let's have some fiscal and economic sanity start to reign. You could never run your household. They could never run small businesses the way the federal government is running our country. And it's going to end at some point unless we change direction. We also need to reinvigorate the ability of our country to have institutions grounded in truth and facts not going on ideological joyrides like so many of them are. You should not have to compete in the woke Olympics just to qualify for employment or to get into a college. Merit must trump identity politics. Yeah, again, he's hitting on all the right points. People right now are obviously upset, but light 30% drop in their sales, that's going to kill them. And of course, now this new viral video going around with Disneyland and one of the, the uh, what do they call them, show people, performers, castmates, cast members. And it's, uh, it's a man with a beard wear, wearing a dress, and he's a princess. And he's, and he's handling young children. So this is the seething anger that's brewing in, in the American mainstream right now. What are you doing with our kids? So he's striking a chord. And he should be, because right now our, our priorities in America are, are way, way off. They're pointed in things that, you know, for example, we've got this transgender situation that's going on now in our schools. It's everywhere. Uh, I, I see the, the reaction on social media. Everybody is in agreement, at least those who are objecting to this transger, transgenderism, sexualization of children. It's like it stopped when when it started becoming about the kids. And that's where people have a problem. Because we're confusing young people. We're just confusing them. They don't have the mental or emotional capacity, if you talk to any psychiatrist, to understand the concept of, what do you mean you're not happy in your own body? And, and if, if a, an adult, a teacher, is at a school with a second grader, I mean, in California, they're encouraging this behavior. 
They're encouraging activism in our schools. You know, here's a great article from Stephen Moore. Another way that the, the woke left is frightening children and confusing them is through climate change. They're teaching them that the world is going to die if we don't stop using oil. Uh, and, and, there, and yet, that, to a kid, he doesn't have the time or she has the time to process what you're telling him. What? The earth is going to end? We're going to die? Can you imagine the emotional impact that would have on a young person's forming mind? You could get him to do anything you want to. So Stephen Moore, who I'm, I'm very respectful, he's part of the Heritage Foundation, economic advisor. You see him all the time. Uh, he, he's, he was a big uh, supporter of the Trump administration. I believe he may have served on an advisory committee. Anyway, he writes in Town Hall, and it's, a, it's an interesting article. It's worth reading if you go on Town Hall. He says, As nearly every standardized test is showing our schools are doing an abysmal job teaching kids how to read or do math. And in some cases, kids graduating from high school can barely read their diplomas. He goes on to say, but schools are wildly succeeding with their climate change indoctrination program. When I speak to kids on high school and college campuses and ask what the greatest threats is or are to their generation, the answer is not China or aggression. It's not drug abuse. It's not failed schools or corrupt governments or routine violations of freedom of speech. It isn't the $32 trillion national debt, soon headed to $50 trillion. He says almost always they raise their hands and they say the thing they're most worried about is climate change. We raised a generation with millions of Greta Thunbergs. A Daily Telegraph poll found that more than one half of teenagers believe the world may end in their lifetime because of climate change. No one has ever told them that the climate has been changing for as long as the planet has existed, and they've apparently never heard of the ice ages. The earth has gone through centuries of warming, and that was before air conditioning, which the climate czars want to take away from us to combat climate warming. Time to figure this out. And he's absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. We have to stop with this fake science that we're teaching our children and trying to scare them into submission. I mean, to me, that is just such the ultimate crime. It's going to do it for the program today, Speaking Out America. Stop by here again, 5 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday on CRN Talk and Speaking Out America podcast. <laughs>